0: Welcome everybody to the Big Niang Theory. Thanks, George. Joel Embiid is in the building. Just the one where he tells me that I suck. <laughs> Think about where you were and like where you're at now. Thank you for making time for the Big Niang Theory. We Big, Big Niang Theory. I appreciate you having me, bro. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Niang Theory. I'm George Niang with my co-host, Lauren Rosen. Today... We have a unique situation. We have a returner to the Big Niang Theory, Shake Milton. Thank you for coming back on. Appreciate it, my brother. But the real woman of the hour (laughs) on this show is the great kate scott kate thanks for joining
1: uh, it's great to be here shake how, how much did uh, george have to pay you to come back today
2: <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, for my man. I, I had to take out a loan <laughs> <laughs> for my man free of charge, free of charge.
3: <laughs> we're gathered to do two things we want to hear kate's life story the same way that we've heard so many of your teammates life stories we're also celebrating women's history month in the month, the month of march kate someone who has made regular history and women's history, I suppose, and plays a huge role in all of our lives. So, Kate...
1: <laughs> Apologies. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and I think
3: somewhere interesting maybe to start is that you guys have a really beautiful relationship, and I'd love to hear sort of how that got going and, and the bond that you have with these players as your first NBA team.
0: I'm trying to think, how did that get... I feel like we just <laughs> kind of just shot the breeze like when she was around for shoot-around. Uh-huh, and, and... we
1: did. And uh, one of these strange good things to come out of COVID? I still don't know how to phrase it correctly. Yeah, right. But So my first year was obviously last year, and you guys were still having to sit out for portions of the season when you contracted the virus. So that forced you to have to sit at home and listen to me because I'm sure most of you were like, who's this chick that's at our shoot-around sitting up there on the balcony looking down at us? So George actually, actually sent me uh, a message while he was out with COVID saying oh my gosh i heard you call a game last night i freaking love your energy man oh, that's right. so that was excited in you're here yeah, yeah. so obviously george was drinking or something but uh <laughs> but it was really nice that he reached out because he didn't have to do that he's an nba player but uh it it meant a lot that he took the time to send me a note so when he got back and was healthy we just started chatting and things took off from there
0: would you look at that? Now she's rocking the minivan hoodie. So for mm-hmm. all of you that don't have a minivan
2: hoodie, go get one. Go get that. GeorgeBiang.com. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: you got one yet, Shake?
2: Not yet. I'm still waiting on my man. Like He's supposed to ask for an XL. See, Shake, movie. you know the, the, the sizes, flavors. they're having trouble making that in the <laughs> factory. Yeah, right now. They, you know Do you mean? have an out-the-mud so, hoodie? They're in high demand. I'm waiting on P. Reed, too, my <laughs> order, man. I asked for <laughs> a on black guys. one and a red You know, one. I know like, we're getting
0: off track here, but P. Reed will actually make his teammates pay for those yeah. hoodies. Like, so everybody's like, man, $100 is a lot, he, like, he's not even giving us a discount, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like $100 no matter where where you're from, in a funny story uh, we That's can a cut, smart businessman. We, we, we can cut this out if it doesn't really fit. I think this needs but, to stay um, in. You know, we were talking to Paul and Tobias who is basically like a, a money savant, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's always giving advice on you know, how to save here, how to, you know, incorporate different things, you know, the crumble ambassador himself, Um <laughs> So he said to Paul, he was like, Paul, how about for your demographic, you lower the price so that, you know, people can afford, you know, because $100 is a lot for a hoodie that, you know, that is a just lot of is money. Out the mud. Yeah. And he said, Tobias, like, if they can't pay $100 for it, then they ain't getting it out the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> but that just tells you, like, how, like, uh, innocent to the world Paul Reed is and mm-hmm. just he's just an innocent human and just a great person sure I think it's so funny that he's taking his slogan and putting it uh, you know on a hoodie multiple colors I saw a pink one yesterday I know. Jake, what do you I mean you're real big with fashion so tell me what you think about that
2: yeah man Paul Reed is he's, he's a different character you know what I mean he's somebody <laughs> who likes to push the boundaries and anytime I have a conversation with him I am leaving with a different different perspective <laughs> so I always enjoy being around my Reed. man right there. Do we have some shake
1: gear coming? Do we have some sniper shake gear?
2: Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta have that on the way. I've already started working on it. Okay, I got I don't know if it's gonna be quite a hundred dollars. how <laughs> how much you sell yours for, man? Uh, mine
0: are half of that. Half that. So fifty. You know um, what
2: I mean? So
3: budget Paul Reed over here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, Lauren is always good at, you know, coming at me, but it's all right. You know, we work through it. You, hey, Shake, as you know, you gotta work through some problems. I think Shake almost man. gotten a Physical education. I know. I, I didn't want to bring earlier. that up, but no. since you did,
1: I'm glad to see that you guys are ch- chatting oh again. No, well, Do you I guys want to shed some light on that?
0: No. Uh, well, I mean, we could talk about it. I think it was just funny because Shake is like the most mild mannered person. I know. And That's why I loved it because everybody you knows to punch I'm you in the like face. so emotional. So it was really like Shake was caught in the crossfire because I think I was just ready to <laughs> blow a <fuse> his. <laughs> <Just, on. laughs> Pretty much anybody. He was
3: just in the way. Yes, the wrong like parameter. where it could
0: have been Tyrese, it could have been Joelle, and I just would have stomped right. my feet. Like if you watched the
2: replay of me jumping up and down, like my yes. mom was like, could you act any more like a 12 year old? <laughs> I, I think the cool thing is now that we've incorporated, you know what I mean, that little scuffle into our pregame handshake. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Have? It's all for the best. Yeah. You want to shed a
1: little light on Tell that? Tell us more.
2: Oh, so before
0: so before <laughs> every, we always high five each other and hug. So now I incorporate – or Shake Incorporated, like he's putting his hands up like he's <laughs> to like, fight me. Seen that. <laughs> and then we high-five and uh, shake hands. So it's been kind of cool. But, you know, obviously, you know, we're teammates, and that comes from a, a, a different kind of perspective where, you know, we're on the court, like we're grinding together, where for you, Kate, it's totally different. Where I've, I've kind of had a perspective where, you know, when you hop in the, the booth with mm-hmm. someone that you don't really have chemistry with – Like, you kind of have to work through that. And you kind of being like a pioneer, a woman in a kind of a male-dominated industry, how did you overcome some of those challenges? Because you can't go home and be like, ah, I just don't mesh with this person. Like, I need a new match. It's like, no, you need to figure it out and make yourself look good, but also make this whole production look good.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head by just saying figure it out. Like, that has been my entire life because... (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I'm sure Shake as well and Lauren too, because um, I was never trying to be a pioneer. I was never trying to be a trailblazer. I didn't set out to try to be a first. I loved sports from the time I was a little girl. And my mom still tells these stories about when I was five and six at recess at school, It was me and all the boys playing soccer. And I was the one who was like the coach and the referee. If somebody picked the ball up, I'd be like, that's a handball. Put the ball down. Free (laughs) kick for this team. Back up 10 yards. Like that was me when I was six years old. And then when your parents could kind of, you know, allow you to make breakfast or pour your own bowl of cereal on the weekends so they could sleep in maybe a little bit longer. They would never wake up and find me watching Saturday morning cartoons. I was watching sports Center mm-hmm. on loop, the half-hour sports centers. Maybe maybe those had turned oh, off by the yes. time and you guys were little It get annoying kids. after you watch
0: it the third yeah, time. The You're third like, time. yeah, but this person's going to do three <laughs> <shots> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, so,
1: so sports has been my life since I was a little girl. Um, and then as I got older, I, I started to realize that a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do when I was drawn towards was stuff that only guys had done like uh when I got to Cal I went to UC Berkeley for college out in the Bay Area and I went to a football game my freshman year and it was awesome because they were actually good when I was there <laughs> and there were there were like three or four dudes down at the front of the student section leading cheers and they were in khaki pants and blue button down shirts and blue and gold ties because those are the school colors and I was like that's rad man how, how do I get to do that and everybody looked at me and was like uh you got to try out in front of the student section and like no chicks ever done that. And I was like, great, that's cool. C- can I try? And they, everybody kind of like looked at me like, Oh my gosh, yeah, she's going to food off the stage. Yeah. Who is this crazy <laughs> chick? Right. Um, and then I did it. Didn't get booed off. People cheered for me. I was a yell leader for three years at Cal when we had Aaron Rodgers, and oh, the, the basketball oh. team was getting to the NCAA tournament every year. So traveled with the football team, got to hang out with the basketball team. Anyway. Um, so long story long, my whole life has been about figuring it out and I, I credit playing sports when I was a little girl, Mm. as I'm sure you guys can relate to. So many times you experience failure, right? You're not making your shots, your defense sucks. There's just something that's not going right. You're not doing what your team needs at that moment. And the coaches or your teammates are challenging you to figure it out. Mm. And you either do and you succeed and you get better and you move on to the next level or you're done. Mm. So I've had to run into that a ton of times as a sideline reporter and as an anchor. And then when I started doing play-by-play and I'm just kind of continuing to figure it out. So it's awesome to now be here figuring it out with all of you.
0: Yeah. I You know, the crazy part is, you know, we're together so much that it's almost yeah. like you take for granted everybody else's journey. But we are like 1% of the 1% and I constantly have to remind myself of that. And I feel like the one thing that all of us can have a commonality and can get along with is that we've all had our own unique journey of figuring it out. And I always tell people, they're like, what do you think makes a successful person? And I'm like, it really is like grit. Like, it's how long can you withstand, like, the pressure, yeah. um, the trials and tribulations. And, I mean, we look at all of our careers. You just touched on yours. Lauren, I know you have your story. But even, like, you shake, like, coming in, signing a two-way, you know, having injury. Mm-hmm. Then, like, this off season is, like, going to be, like, the real time, you know, for you to, like, reap all those rewards of everything that you've had to go through and being in the NBA.
2: Yeah, man. I think, you know, for myself, um, you know, life is just – it kind of goes in waves, right? You know, you'll be up, you're down, highs and lows of it. And I feel like earlier in uh, my career at times I would just kind of be drawn by those things. So, like, um, my just the way I feel, my mood or whatever would just kind of go up and down with those highs and lows, you know. But uh, as I got a little older, I just, you know, started to find ways to kind of just – maintain a certain level of um, steadiness and uh, tranquility and um, not being so 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 much on that roller coaster anymore you know what I mean I'm able to just kind of look at things take things for what they are and then kind of pivot and adjust how I need to and you know ultimately I feel like that has just taken not only my mindset but just my life to a whole nother level and um, I'm sure you know Kate you can expound on just having to pivot Uh, you know what i mean and continuing to elevate and grow you know through just the whole process of this whole thing can
1: i just give shake a hard time by saying as he got older what are you 26 right now shake (laughs) i'm serious (laughs) (laughs) though we're going to professional athlete years so that if that's like dog years you like times it by two or three they're like you're extinct expand on (laughs) that because i think that's totally true because the wisdom that i think you guys have and and i mean that and you guys are both still very young men to me. Is it because you've been thrown into things at such a young age when it comes to professional sports?
0: I mean, I'll I'll say it first. I mean, you're, what year did you first get in the NBA? Like, 22, 21, 23? In the league? Yeah.
2: 2018. So what? How I was I know? was twenty 21. Yeah, on, so button, twenty one. Yeah. So I was
0: I was just turned twenty three, and like the responsibility. Like I remember looking at my yeah. first paycheck, and I'm like, "Who is FICA, and why are they taking all this money?" <laughs> right. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so it's just like it's true though. You just have to grow up so fast. Whereas like, and I hate saying this because I always look at myself as a normal person. Whereas like, other young adults they have chances to like mess up and like yeah. be able to pick themselves up. it's like when I mess up, it's like. They're like, how could you possibly do that? You have your whole life given to you. And it's like when I was first in the NBA, like I didn't know like what to expect or that, you know, that what people expected of me outside of basketball, like being an adult, like in college and like all these other places, you're kind of like sheltered from the world. When you're in the NBA, it's like, hey, uh, we have an off day in this city. Uh, you could do whatever you want. We'll meet you tomorrow for a shoot around It's almost like when you're young, you're like, "Oh, I have a day off." But now that we've like four or five years in, we're like, "No, I have to get my treatment. Oh. I have to get my work in because when the lights are on, they expect me to perform it. And if I don't do the stuff behind the scenes, yeah, then you know I'm in trouble."
1: And so, I know that Shake is one of the most regimented on our team oh, when it comes to that. This guy. <laughs> when did that it, When did that shift happen, or has he always been like that?
0: Since oh. I've been here, I've always like he always like shoot arounds yeah. off days. Like, he, you and T-Lash, I feel like, have, like, something that's just Yeah, routine,
2: so. I don't know. Like, I remember early on, they used to have to tell me to not come to the gym, you know what I mean, like, just to go sit down. And even now they tell me to watch it. But, like, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, some guys are just super talented and can just play the game and just be great, you know what I mean? But, like, I also just love the game too. So, like, I always want to be out there hooping and then um, just watching some of the greats and watching interviews and things like that and talking about how they go about their craft and and it's just it's just the love that i have for it really so um i want to be great and i just i feel like i know what it takes so i'm just trying to put in as much work as i can really
3: to tie together two of our topics the way that you just talked about having to figure out how to stay level and not ride the highs and the lows it's interesting to me that george opened the conversation about your little scuffle by saying that you're one of the most level people because i think that's a testament to your evolution right i don't know if the first couple years that you were here you would have considered yourself one of the more level people
2: Um, really yeah i mean probably not man i was just 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 young right you don't know like you know what i mean like when things are going great you're just in a great mood and then when things are going bad you're just like oh man the whole world is coming down you know what I mean but now just just stay the course you know what I mean you got goals in mind you have just continue to put intention behind them and Um, continue to trust things and you know things always fall into place like they should
3: i just think the fact that george called you that is a testament to the fact that you're doing it well right Mm. that you have figured out what that balance is and like what that level-headedness is yeah we talk a lot balance is sort of like a theme on our podcast like how do you find balance in your crazy life with these high standards (laughs) and for you kate you're of the four of us the newest to the nba schedule Mm -hmm. and lifestyle and the demands that that this life asks of you how have you started to find your balance in Ooh. your role?
1: Still, still definitely in search of it. This is a grind. Yeah.
0: Well, because this is the first- this, this is, is like the first, the first, first like, year real travel- year. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. you had to find your with like, out even having relationships with, like, any of- Yeah, Indiana.
1: because we didn't start traveling with you guys because of COVID again, getting back to that, Yeah. Until- Kate was just up on the
0: balcony. Until like-
3: February. <laughs> first- no, but calling her first <laughs> NBA games, which, by the way, like- I'm going to brag on Kate for a second. There's so much pressure associated with the role that she has. And she took over for someone, Mark Zumoff, who's one of the greatest to to ever be a local play-by-play announcer Mm -hmm. for a team like you guys. He's so well-respected. And whoever came into that role next was going to have tons of pressure, even if it was a white man that had similar qualities and style to Mark Zumoff, right? Mm -hmm. And then they bring in this young woman from California who no one has heard of in the market. (laughs) And it's not that anyone set you up to fail, but the challenge was greater based on your identity. Then they tell her Mark was at every game meeting you guys on day one. It's COVID. You can't go to every game. You're going to call some of the games off of monitors. (laughs) You're not going to meet the players one by one. Mm -hmm. You're going to just have to sort of go. So you're already set up for this huge challenge. And then there are all these extra challenges in place. And now we ask you how you found your balance. Like, what was it like to come in in such a sort of volatile environment? That sounds like
0: you started off real off balance. But if you can
3: figure it out in that environment, maybe this environment actually feels kind of stable.
1: Well, and as I kind of referenced earlier, my whole career has been a challenge. It's just been figuring it out. There is no, in broadcasting and this is one of the most frustrating thing for for young kids who are getting into this while their friends are consultants or lawyers or doctors, there is a ladder that they see, right? If I go to this grad school, then I will have the degree that will get me that first job. I know the name of that first job out of school. And then after two years there, I will get a promotion. Like it is easy to see that progression. In broadcasting, I like to say it's just this giant oak tree with a ton of branches. Hmm. And you just got to say, all right, I'm going to pick that one. And you walk out on it and you're like, okay, I like it, it's working. And then you try to hop to a higher one, but it's just, there's there's no ladder. It's really confusing. So yeah, the balance, that's why I chuckled as soon as you said it. I've been in this industry now for 20 plus years and I'm still searching for it. But when it comes to the NBA season, I'm considering this kind of my first full season because I got to start traveling with you guys and actually seeing you face to face and talking to you yeah. back at training camp. I got right. to go to training camp in Charleston. Um, but I, I tell people all the time, I, I think it's really easy from the outside looking in, oh, you guys travel on your own plane, right? Right. Uh, You stay at these fancy hotels. Um, But I tell people, yeah, but we had four games last week in four different cities, and two of those cities we got into at two in the morning, I don't know how the guys who were between, you know, six, three, and seven feet tall, you're still on a plane after you played a game when you're actually wanting to get like massaged or something because you just, beat the snot out of each other. Like I don't think people understand the physicality of basketball. Because again, I've called football, I've called hockey. But come sit in if you can somehow get a first ten rows at an NBA game ticket, you guys beat the crap out of each other and you don't have any pads on um and then go straight to the airport get on a plane change time zones yeah you get a nice bed and stuff but then we need you up at but nine their o'clock beds the next are also morning. the
3: same size as the beds that you and i are in like it's not like you guys have like more exactly. space <laughs> to, like, spread
2: out. and Here then, and then do it all again five that night. Life, uh, exactly <laughs>
1: but i just it is it's so much for me just as a broadcaster what what day of the week is it like some nights mm. on the top of my board because i have a little uh eight by eleven board in front of me that has pertinent information about you guys and our opponents i'll literally write like wednesday at the mm-hmm. top because i won't know what day it is and i'll write indianapolis because i won't know what city we're in either um so it's been an, it, it's a grind and i am still adjusting to that because again this is just my first full season traveling but it just My respect for you guys continues to grow because of the fact that I'm calling your games and yeah, I have to do hair and makeup, big deal. But you guys actually have to get out there and do battle for two and a half hours every other night. I mean, the physical exertion, I think we have that over
0: you, but that brain of yours definitely uh, out out trumps us. I know because she's talking about a calling card. And if people don't know what that is, in broadcasting, you have a card. And I think it's with every player's name and where they're yeah, from. Everybody's and, yeah, everybody's different. Yeah, well, so you want to have the information about the players, whether if you tie in, you loop in and say that they went to college with this person, which is why Kate is, like, it's important that she's around to ask all these questions because when I first did, like, Broadcaster you, where I was, the MBPA put it on and I got to get in my experience, you know, calling a live game with someone who does play-by-play, I was just doing color commentary, and when you're doing color commentary, you really want to, you know, show the audience what you know about the game, but tie it into the game and how the relationships, you know, how they all work and get ba- getting back to your calling card, you know, you, you want to have information on there that's important that the audience will understand and you don't have to go on like these Ten-minute rants on because mm-hmm. the play-by-play person is trying to call the game and nobody <laughs> just wants time, to right? hear you there tell a story. So here I am taking ten minutes to tell my yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile,
1: they've gone back and forth across the court like four yes, times, exactly. six <laughs> so different so changes of possessions. Like, George, wrap it up.
0: We're getting prepared physically and mentally, but like for you to dial in and take time out of your day to find information that, frankly, in Philly, their our fans would actually give a
2: s-h-i-t (laughs) about
0: is important you know and the fact that you know you can do that and and tie all that in to have people you know drawn to that i mean credit to you you say that we have to physically do it
2: you know but mentally i would be stressing myself that's like a whole different game that you're playing and all the while you're still on national tv too so like that's yeah, there's no don't don't mess it up (laughs) (laughs) live tv ready go but i think there's so many tie-ins
1: between what i do and what you guys do right so much of what uh makes at least in my opinion a good broadcaster is the amount of effort you put into your preparation like Mm -hmm. we were just talking about the majority of my work is done before the game tips off Mm -hmm. when the game starts that's the fun part for me Mm -hmm. but it's as george was just talking about have i put in all the time i know i needed to so that when the game starts i know man i prepped on the opponent i know everything i'm I'm rarely going to even have to look down at my board because I'm so prepared for this one. I know our guys like the back of my hand, Mm -hmm. obviously, because we've been together most of the year, but also Mm -hmm. because I'm reading and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm doing everything I can to. Because, as you said, Philly fans are so intelligent and follow their teams because they're so passionate about them. Oh yes, It's different calling Philly sports versus calling another team in another city where maybe the fans don't care as much. You might not have to try as hard because... They're not paying as much attention. They don't know as much, but that's one of the challenges I give myself. Like, okay, I think in other cities, people wouldn't know this, but I know Philly fans do. How can I find that next level nugget mm-hmm. that fans are going to say, oh, I didn't know, Sh- wow, it'd been that long since Shake did that. I didn't know this about George. So I'm always trying to mm-hmm. find something a little cooler than what you can just read on the internet.
3: You won't say it, but Kate also, at least in my experience, does a lot more preparation than a lot of folks that do what she does. <laughs> um, and I don't want to make everything about your gender or the obstacles that you've overcome because of your gender but i do wonder sometimes when you are putting in that preparation i've certainly here i'll make it about me i've certainly found in my career that if i say something about one of you guys i'm infinitely more likely to be asked if i'm sure or to have someone go look it up just to make sure what i said was true especially if it's a stat especially if it's an on-court thing to double check because people aren't as likely to trust oh this what is why
0: you ask so many say. questions okay now it makes sense <laughs> well I'm and kidding.
3: but oh, well actually to be fair like maybe it is though right because for me it's really easy to tell a story when it comes directly from you george said this shake did that no one can question me yeah. if i'm getting it directly from what you guys say or do and i'm curious for you when you yeah. do your preparation or over the years as you've done your preparation do you think that you feel like you have a little something extra to prove or am I just crazy? (laughs) No,
1: a a million percent. And you know that I. it's hard for me to talk about all this because obviously the end goal for me is just to be looked at as an NBA broadcaster with all the other stuff coming second. I'm sure the same thing goes for you guys. You just want to be known as great basketball players with everything else that you identify as falling behind that. But I know right now I'm young and new when it comes to NBA, so a lot of people see me as the gay chick from California who's also calling games for the Sixers Mm -hmm. and the broadcaster thing is kind of last, but, but yeah, what you said, I mean, so many people have questioned why I want to do this. Why do I think I can do this? Um, You know, when I got the Sixers job, I was calling a national college football package, a national game of the week with Mike Golick senior. It was the biggest gig I'd had, up until i got this job so 13 straight weeks that's why i had to miss five of our games last fall yeah. um, we went to alabama and georgia and oklahoma state and we were syndicated on over 120 radio stations across mm-hmm. the country and um when you call football you usually have uh somebody who keeps your stats and then you have a spotter because you're usually like eight or nine stories up yeah, in the football stadium right yeah. you're not courtside or close to the basketball court so I have a bigger board when I call football, and a good spotter is supposed to, if number 20 makes you know the catch, point at number 20 on my board, just to, to kind of confirm hopefully what I could already see and know. Nice. Um, but not just once, twice in that season, as I'm calling a national package with Mike Golick, uh, the spotter walked in and was like, hey, can you introduce me to the play-by-play? Because obviously it's not you.
2: Oh.
1: And they and they, I knew, right, and, and you guys are kindly both kind of rolling your eyes and not comfortable she said that. kindly i'm still like in awe like <laughs>
0: george is ready to rumble with. Yeah, like that. that's my girl what are you exactly. doing
1: but but i didn't as much as i wanted to punch them in the face i knew i knew that i was probably the first woman they had ever seen calling a game so the best thing i could do was to have prepped my ass off mm-hmm. and then go out there and kick the you know what out of the broadcast uh-huh. so that four hours later they would never again moving forward walk into a booth see a woman and not at least for a second think, before I ask her that, maybe I should look at my email and see Mm -hmm. the name of the play-by-play who I'm working with. So that was a long way of saying I've always over-prepped and I always will continue to because now it's my comfort zone, but I used to because I knew that if I did a good job in any of the things that helped me get here, there was a chance that other people who didn't look and sound like the Zoom-offs and the people who had done it before might get a chance as well because I knew that the people who were doing the hiring were watching that the next generation was watching. So, yeah, I put a, I put a ton of pressure on myself to always go past what I know I probably should do just because I know the better I am, uh, the more opportunities for those that are coming behind me.
3: Shake, you had a strong reaction to her story that she just told.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. I mean, it's something I could definitely identify with myself, you know what I mean? Just being overlooked it, but just to, to see you i could just relate to that yeah. you know what i mean what just was your story? that feeling of just somebody just overlooking you and having to continue to prove yourself to the point where it just becomes like it's second nature like you don't even react when it feels like your back is against the wall or, you know what i mean somebody is uh not giving you the proper respect you just like all right i'm gonna take it for what it is and then i'm gonna push it to a whole another level on you and
1: where are you going what, what's what's your story that you're flashing to uh
2: i mean we'll shoot <laughs> I have just a bunch of stories. I mean, even since me just being in the league, um, being a two way, uh, hurting myself in the combine to where like, I didn't really get, you know what I mean? To do the things I wanted to do. And then um, getting in rotations, falling out of rotations, having to fight my way back in and then being ready for playoffs and then making big plays in the playoffs. Um, just, it's just like a constant thing. It's not ever going to be just smooth sailing. Um, but what I've learned is like you said, just continue to be over prepped over ready and, um, when it's time for you to step up to the plate, you're going to step up and knock it out the ballpark every time. So yeah. I definitely relate to that. And that's funny that, you know, this all comes back into, like, when we had, din- we had dinner
0: as a team after the Dallas game. And, you know, Shake is obviously talking about having the right balance, and you're talking about the pressures of that of like not losing your cool Mm -hmm. when someone comes in and questions like why you're here and not making it about like me proving them wrong and just keeping it about like your process. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, um, you know when me and shake and the team were at dinner shake was kind of just talking about you know some someone said paul reed is going to get dragged back into this right someone said something about visualizing and paul was like how can that be possible just cuz you like see it in your mind doesn't mean that it's going to happen and shake was like no he was like paul like is a real thing if like you visualize these things like happening like there's an essence as, as if like you know this can happen, or yeah. this is going, to – or that it's already happened. Like I'm not going to get as mm. deep as we went, but I think it it speaks volumes to like the both of you the fact that you can actually identify that someone's disrespecting you, right? And I'm not going to lose my cool because George Niang would be like, "Hey, mother, <laughs> da, 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 da. you know," That's and then and George. then get to the and then then try to prove you wrong. Where you guys are like, all right, cool. And then like now you guys are like, all right, I identified what's going on and now I'm going to show you why or now I'm going to even prep even harder so that when you do try to question me, I'm going to be like, look at the end result. Mm -hmm. And I think that's funny because like we basically just talked about it and like you dialed into like visualization. And uh, it's funny because the last couple games I haven't been playing that well. And when you said like just visualizing yourself like being good, like doing Mm -hmm. the right things, getting it done, it's like it doesn't matter if you go out there and – play your best or have the best stats you just feel so much better just after the fact of like all right yeah that shot didn't go in but i still see myself making that and feeling like mm-hmm. i belong for sure
3: confidence is like a through line as well and we've talked George and i a lot about each other's sort of confidence journey um i'm curious about your confidence journey <laughs> because i i see you as an extremely confident individual with like a very clear sense of self and The Even the story you told about in college and being like a yell leader and the confidence that it takes to be like, yeah, I'm going to try out in front of these people as the first woman to ever do it. And yeah, I'm going to be able to and then be the first woman to do this and not even have it be about being a woman. Just have it being about being great. There's so much confidence that goes into that. And you guys have talked about it. You just shared. You just shared. What is your confidence journey been like because i don't know if you find this actually i want to add one more thing when i talk to young women that want to do what i do or what you do or be sort of in this sphere a lot of them do ask about confidence about Hmm. how you find your voice and your sense of self and i think it's hard to grow to that place but you've done it
1: yeah but i i was super fortunate that (laughs) twitter and instagram and all those things didn't didn't come about until after i had started my journey i wish i could I wish I could just rip the phones away from everybody because I think that as George was mentioning earlier about (sighs) coming into the league and not getting to make mistakes at 21 and 22. Like I, I, I wish everybody, not just you guys had that um, space to do that. But, um, my confidence journey, I guess, again, starting when I was young, I'm really lucky to have an innate sense of, of self-confidence, um, which I know is not normal. Um, and I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but, I, but I just have it. But that doesn't mean that on the journey um, that I don't struggle with confidence from time to time. I think you guys do too, oh, right? absolutely. Um, because I am relentlessly self-critical. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been harder on myself than anybody who's listened to me call a game or anybody who I've worked for because I know that in order to be here, I had to keep getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. I had to show that I was worth the risk of hiring somebody who didn't look and sound like pretty much the majority of everybody who'd come before me in any of the jobs I've held. Um, so uh, there's hard times, you know, in the fall last year, November, December, we uh, moved across the country, took this job. Mm-hmm. My wife and my dog are still back in the Bay Area where I mm-hmm. was for the past 20 years. Um, you guys are on the road. I'm calling games off monitors. I'm living out of an Airbnb. I don't have any of my stuff. Uh, and it's get just, me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and every day I, I go on a social media because I want to interact with people. I love the positive aspects of social media because it makes people feel like they know you, mm-hmm. right? And how cool is that? Like when I was a little kid, there was none of that. So the only time I would get to interact with the athletes I loved go to the game early for two and a half hours, hope that maybe shake or J- George would wave at you. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, maybe get a wristband or something. But now you have a chance to interact with broadcasters and athletes if you're not too much of a jerk or maybe if you are a jerk and that's who they yeah, like interacting with. That's how twisted George. is. If, you, if you're a jerk, like you'll get a reaction on it. Exactly. But But I go onto social media because I wanted to start conversing with Philly fans and Sixers fans and letting them get to know me. And – understandably i knew it was going to be really hard at the start and it was just awful message after awful message right go back to california we hate you bring back zoom off and i again i knew that all of this was going to be there as lauren referenced i've been a first in a lot of places before here but that didn't stop it from occasionally affecting my confidence and making me think as you're sitting alone without mm-hmm. anybody you love without any of your creature comforts right and you're like maybe they're maybe they're right maybe i Maybe I should go back to California. Maybe this is too much, you know, yeah. uh, and then somehow having to find your confidence again, waking up the next morning because i got to go back and put, you a contract. put on hair and makeup and, them. And, yeah. and call the game again to the best of my ability. So, so yeah, it's a day-by-day it's day thing, um, but as I'm sure you guys do. I have my friends outside of the industry who I check in with. That's important. I have my friends in the industry who I really respect and care about their opinions, and I know that those are the opinions that matter because they understand the broadcasting industry. They know what good is. They know what bad is. They know how to offer constructive criticism, things that can actually help you get better versus people just saying... You suck. You should never play basketball again, <laughs> right? Yeah, those little
0: 12-year-olds so. in their basement hiding behind their, real their brave. fake, their fake <laughs> images on Twitter. I'm going to find you, all right?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's a journey. But, uh, but how fortunate that, for the most part, I have a lot of self-confidence because I know that, as you said, especially for a lot of young women, it is a, is a real big-time struggle.
3: I was not like that. I was not born with the confidence that I have now at all. Like, I had a very different journey. And for me, a lot of it is what you were actually just saying about visualization and like imagining myself doing something that I'm not sure I can do and convincing myself, like tricking myself into thinking that maybe I could and then just like trying it. I'm not scared of anything. So I'll try anything. Right. But the confidence for me wasn't there right away. So it's cool to hear that you can arrive whether or not you're born with it you know
1: what I mean well and and fear and I'm sure you guys have talked about this before and would love your um thoughts on it uh but fear is present and and I don't think anyone who says like fear doesn't exist or just look past the fear that that didn't work for me because fear is very present and very real yeah um but but somebody told me a number of years ago uh fear is a liar it's going to it's going to tell you things that are not true it's going to try to make you believe stuff that that you shouldn't um but you can also ask it to just kind of sit with you mm-hmm. because the harder you work to right, the more energy you spend trying to push it away Resisting probably it. the bigger it's going to yeah. get but if you just say hey fear wow i'm i've been invited to be the the tv voice of the philadelphia 76ers this is terrifying Come on fear get on the mm-hmm. plane with me like we're mm-hmm. gonna do this together And know you're not going away but it kind of takes some of the the overwhelmingness out of it and it lessens the fear for me so i've learned the things that i'm most afraid of have forced me to, to do the most growing in my yeah. broadcasting career mm-hmm. And at the same time the fear has never gone away so now it's just kind of like it's just chilling here there's yeah. an empty seat what's up fear mm-hmm. like i'm talking to george and shake there's probably going to be at least a couple of people listening to the, this podcast this is
3: this we is scary we'll the fear is here <laughs> i mean
1: george's mom, Our, mom. mom. <laughs> Our moms.
3: <laughs> speaking of moms let's pivot into yeah. part of how shake ended up at the table today yeah. we talked about doing some special content for women's history month and just for those listening that don't really understand how the NBA season works, when we do content day and media day with you guys at the beginning of the season, we sort of run through like the whole calendar of the season, right? So we want to bank content for everything that's coming in the next seven months, including women's history month. So long story short, everyone sits in the chair. Everyone talks about women that inspire them and shake really stood out this year because of how specific you were about who inspires you and why. And because you were so good and because not everything that was recorded that day makes it to, air or to twitter to instagram or wherever people see stuff i was hoping you'd share a little bit more or at least repeat yourself even um i remember specifically you talking about serena williams and angela davis Mm. i don't know if there's anyone else you want to highlight but just because it is women's history month and you were so eloquent about it um why are those women and maybe who else uh so inspiring to you
2: uh well i mean you look at somebody like angela davis and all she's meant to uh my people and just you know her, just her story, just the type of courage and the type of strength that she has to have to go through the certain things that she went through. The type of strength and courage that Serena had had to have to kind of fight her way to the to the top is just it's really just inspiring. And um, for me, I'm gonna pivot a little bit, but I think you know the most inspiring person uh, is my mom. Honestly, um, she's just like without a doubt she's my rock, and she's just just growing up and watching the way that she kind of maneuvered and and handled the situation with my little brother and uh, my little sister as well it's just like I know that I can turn to her for anything and she's going to be there I have the type of mom that's just so supportive like I could tell her that I want to quit basketball today and I want to become a comedian or I want to be a lawyer (laughs) or you know a garbage man or anything and she would support me a hundred percent so like I hope everybody in their lifetime has somebody who supports them the way that my mom supports me. But, um, just, it just continue when you're able to see things like that, you just become inspired and it just rubs off on you in a way that like you shine differently than everybody else is able to kind of react and, and feel off of the love that you're pouring out. And I think, um, a lot of that just comes straight from my mom and straight from other, uh, women influences that you're able to see through your day-to-day life.
3: I don't want to stretch it too much, but I remember something you said on media day about Serena is that she's not just an inspiration to young women. She's an inspiration to young men as well. And like when you think about your family story, right, mm. your mom has had to play a dual role for a while. Yeah. How much of, again, I, I, I don't want to like overstretch my comparison here, but mm. like watching women be able to handle both needs or the needs that any gender could provide whether it's for children or for fans like Serena Mm -hmm. how much do those things sort of play together when you think about the people that inspire you
2: um they definitely play together um it's just it's it's hard to even describe because um I feel like even for myself as a man it's even different but just being able to see how they act and how um women are able to not only you know take all the outside um uh, forces that are coming their way and still find a way to maneuver and um, um just to shine with their influence and how strong they are and how uh they're able to just continue to to um persevere um i find that a lot when i see when i look at like somebody like serena one of the greatest athletes of all time period or somebody like angela davis who's gone through what she's been through and um continues to just be role a role model or an icon for so many people it's just like it makes it it inspires me to get up every day to be my best definitely so um it's definitely always something that I look to and um, I was actually just watching one of her interviews the other day um on YouTube and I was just like man like I don't know if I would have that type of courage you know what I mean so um it's definitely something that uh, it stays with me yeah I can't top that so <laughs> please <Yeah. laughs> do you no,
3: have? That, well I guess like in a similar vein though do you guys have women influences that you'd want to shout out personal or historical
0: yeah I mean to be honest with you I obviously I the woman that you know is most influential in my life is my mom but I think you know having her how do I say this, take care of me or, you know, develop me as a young man as I, you know, was growing up. It it uh, helped me appreciate uh, the role of women in everyday life and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, women, you know, obviously, you know, Kate, like that are pi- pioneering in, in different avenues or jobs where it's just like, hey, like this may have been a male-dominated industry, but I can do this too. And I think that's so cool because my mom was always – showing me how strong she was where to the point where i thought we were rich when i was younger because you want to know why my mom never told me no it was like (laughs) can i play baseball can i do this can i do that and it was always like yes there was no like hey george we can't afford this like she was gonna figure a way out to do that and uh it just made me realize that you know for whatever messed up reason it is that society thinks that men are the strongest or whatever it showed me that like women are if not stronger just as strong so the fact that you know my mom could raise me in a sense to where she showed me what you know strength and perseverance was and whenever i'd come home and be like i'm quitting i'm not nothing she's like no you're not quitting because if it was easy everybody would be doing it mm-hmm. um and just the strength to keep going um it allowed me to respect women you know like serena williams who came from compton california and you think about what 20 years ago looked like as a black woman yeah. in, a, in a sport that was dominated by, you know, Caucasian women. Yeah. And, you know, for her to just get out there and be a, a sensation. like not <laughs> Like you think about what her resume looks like, it's like, and she was still going. So I I, I definitely, you know, my mom definitely allowed me to see the strength in women and respect it. You know, from whether if you're a lawyer, a garbage woman, a doctor, um, you know, play by play, um, the line is endless.
1: Yeah. Strong women make an impact, don't they? Mm -hmm. I love that you guys are right. It doesn't matter that they were women, that Shake and George are both inspired by them and by Serena and and Angela. And (laughs) uh, At the NBA, we have NBA broadcast meetings. They're just a couple of days at the beginning of the season where all the different broadcasters get together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was... Emceeing a panel up on stage, and speaking of fear and confidence, we didn't have those my first year, so this was my first time going, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've emceed things since I was in eighth grade." And I'm up in this giant ballroom, and it's just all men, <laughs> and I know that they're out there, right? Mm-hmm. I I know that this is pretty much everybody who I'm working with, but something about just being in a ballroom with all of them at the same time, with all of them staring at me, I was nervous for the first time in a long time emceeing anything. Anyway, fast forward to the end, there's questions. And it was right after Serena played her last match at the New York mm-hmm. Open. Or I mean, at the U.S. Open in New York. And just randomly, uh, I, th- I think the some of the guys just didn't know what to ask us. Oh, <laughs> so one, one guy raised his hand. He's like, what do you think about Serena Williams? And we hadn't talked about Serena at all during our panel. Um, and I could tell that the women who were on the panel with me didn't really know what to say. So I just decided to take it because... I played tennis growing up, and I loved playing tennis. I was a soccer, basketball player, but I loved the individuality of tennis, right? I played team sports, but tennis was a different mental challenge. And I also loved kicking the crap out of rich girls at country clubs. Not all of them were, <laughs> but, but I, I like winning. I'm very competitive. Whoa. <laughs> uh So I was usually this soccer player who didn't have the right gear. I was usually out there in my soccer shorts, not like a white skirt, and I didn't train at a country club. And I was going to beat the snot out of you. Mm-hmm. And then here comes this chick from Compton who everybody's saying she doesn't belong. Yeah. And it sounds weird that a blonde white girl in the middle of California who was doing okay. You know, we were lower middle income. We like George said, yeah. my parents never said no. I right. didn't realize till when I got to college, like. Oh, that one San Francisco Giants baseball game we went to as our vacation was because they had to pay for all my travel sports. Thanks, Mom and Dad. But but like I, I had Serena's red Puma shoes before she was sponsored by Nike because here was this girl who didn't belong beating everybody. So I just love when people who may may not look or sound like you or even be the same gender as you can inspire you just by their greatness and their drive to be great. Um, and just because I don't think I've ever talked about her before, I'll say real quick things about my mom who's like five one tiniest human ever she's adorable um but she taught me three things as I was flying out here today to to rejoin you guys um five one and full of piss and vinegar and I still remember (laughs) so three things she's taught me to stand up for yourself uh my freshman year in high school um I was running varsity track and our four by one team made it to state but we were like gonna get last in the first heat and my soccer team and made it to regionals we'd won state and we had a chance to like be good at regionals so we talked at four by one team and we're like okay we're we're not going to go to state because we're not even going to place in the heat and like this was a great run amazing we'll come back next year our sophomore junior years and and our athletics director called me into his office as a freshman right like 13 14 years old this big dude mm-hmm. very intimidating and he said well i heard you're choosing your travel soccer team over running for our track team so I just want you to think about that because maybe the other activities you like to do at school, like I know you're into leadership, Kate, Maybe, maybe you won't be able to do those in the years to come because I'll remember that you didn't run track. And I was like, okay, I was terrified of this guy who had all this power, so I went home and told my mom, she said, get your ass back in the car. We are going straight back to school. She walked straight into that guy's office. She goes, don't you ever threaten my daughter again. You are lucky that she is a member of this school. And four years later, I was student body president and was playing, (laughs) had won a bunch of championships. And he was, but mom taught me that. At our tennis matches, we always had this food spread because we were in one of the better off suburbs in the area. And it was so cool that some of the kids that we played May show up to play for three hours in 100-degree heat without water bottles. Maybe they didn't eat lunch. But my mom and the other moms on our team always made sure that there was a giant spread, a cooler full of Gatorade, sandwiches, carrots, hummus. And it was for anybody, not just our team. Because we'd go to other schools, and it would just be for their team. And my mom said, you don't want to beat people because you have more than them. Like, you want an even playing field. Mm -hmm. And we want them to be just as ready as you. and then go kick the crap out of them. I was like, yeah, Mom, okay. Uh, And then just giving back. Again, we didn't have much growing up, but every year my mom would make me and my sister, I have an older sister, go through our toys and go through our clothes, and she'd say, you got new stuff this year, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a domestic violence shelter nearby, Mm -hmm. and my parents explained to me. They didn't explain to me exactly what that was, but they just explained, like, sometimes kids and parents have to leave everything they have just to be safe. So wouldn't it be cool if you got to this scary place if you had some clothes that you'd be okay wearing to school and you wouldn't be embarrassed and like maybe you had a couple of toys. So wouldn't it be great if you could give some stuff to somebody else? So my mom taught me to be resilient, um, to always try to help people get on a level playing field as far as opportunity was concerned and then to give back whenever I could. Um, So yeah, I just wanna say thanks mom during this Women's History Month. I'm, I'm here in large part because of you.
0: Super women. Super we warm. always
3: end with a question. Last year it was advice to your younger self. This year it's been something you're proud of. Oh. Shake, you came on last year. You did advice to your younger self. Mm-hmm. D'Anthony, d'anthony welcome back Milton. to the podcast. There you go, man. <laughs> We're gonna have
1: D-Milt hop in on this last one too, maybe. Yeah.
3: He well, he participated already. He was on the season premiere. I know. But you want to listen, I d'anthony listen. Shake Milton. This is season three, right? No, season two.
0: We have a long way to go to season three.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna let you think. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Something that you're proud of these days in the life of Shake Milton.
2: Ooh. Can I go? Can I go thir- second? Is that a possibility? Can I go second? You ready? Oh wait, George doesn't have to answer Ooh. either. <laughs> no, 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 no. He did it last. This is my show. He canceled. This yeah, episode. no,
1: I'll go. I'll go. um Can I say two things? Sure. I'm proud of you. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, what's the other one? (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm the next generation, not all of it, but certain members of the next generation of women who are in broadcasting, who I can tell are going about it the way that I went about it, working really hard, putting in the extra hours and the extra effort, um, lifting up those around them and not tearing them down. Um, you're all of those things and your career is just getting started and I'm so excited to see where it goes. Um and then yeah, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud to be a part of this organization. Like how awesome are Shake and George. I had no idea what I was walking into when I was like, (laughs) Yeah, I'll be the Andy Anthony Melton who is off mic (laughs) but is listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you guys have you guys have accepted me as a broadcaster who happens to be a woman from the start. So thank you for that. And the the broadcasting world is changing because of athletes like you guys who are just looking at people as they have these jobs for the same reasons that we did. Obviously, they earned it, and they deserve to be here. So now let's talk about how we can all be great together. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of that.
2: Your turn. I'm supposed to, like, top that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what, with that? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say we'll but bring I'm on another time. <laughs> you got That's it, crazy you okay got it. um no i would say just first off personally like i'm proud of my little brother um just as it, like he's growing up right now freshman in high school having to kind of figure out a lot of things on his own and like of course i'm on facetime and talking to him and stuff like that but he's still having to kind of navigate things so um big shouts out to him but then also i feel like i'm just i'm proud of um, being a part of this group where you're continuing like it's, it's you're constantly having to learn and and, and shift and, and grow and it might not always seem like it's smooth sailing and there's a lot of ups and downs but you know everybody in this group is obviously blessed to be here in this position and um you know we all have goals and things in mind that we want to accomplish together as a team but also together individually and so just being able to to wake up and you know know everybody you know lauren you know k g teammates you, you know like you got the, that big map back there everybody working <laughs> you know what i mean so i feel like everybody is just able to use one another to push each other and continue to get grow and get better and um you know i'm blessed and so happy to be a part of that so i'm thankful
3: that we was beautiful.
2: That. I mean, yeah.
3: George, you get the last word <laughs> no, today. No, I
0: didn't. See, the real thing is shake said he couldn't top that. Like, I can't go above and beyond that. And, you know, my name's on this. So, therefore, I'd, I'm going to make the executive decision. that I. We're just going to leave it at that. Keep that winning was... <laughs> games, guys. Yes. Keep
1: winning
3: games. Last night was sure. so fun. I don't want to accidentally date this, but we're recording this the day after a really fun one. Congrats to you guys. Thank you for taking the time to do this, as always. We appreciate y'all. And you crushed it. Thank you, Kate. Go Sixers. Yeah. Thanks for having
1: me. It was yeah. a pleasure. You're- yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, for for the love of Kate Scott, bang, bang, George. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That wasn't Go bad. <laughs>